Hello, dear friends, and welcome to Alatra TV. Today, we continue to talk about the creative society, and we are very glad to find out the vision of our special guest. But before the introduction, I would like to remind our viewers that Creative Society Project is a unique global initiative of people. Because nowadays, everyone understands that we need change, but this change starts with us. So to know more about the project, about conferences, and many more initiatives conducted by participants, you can visit alatrunites.com website. I'm very glad to introduce our co-host today, Hanan from UK. Hello. Hello there. Hi. Hi, everyone. Yes. Um, Hi. Hello. Um, it's with great pleasure today that I introduce our guest, Ravindra Naya Payne, um, a social scientist, an activist, an entrepreneur, an academic, uh, um, an academic based in the UK. He founded and led 12 different organizations under the United Network umbrella. Um, Ravindra, could you please share with us uh, your main area of research nowadays? Yeah, so my research otherwise teaching are uh, predominantly um, on the idea of the relationship between business and society. Within this, the concept of business responsibility towards society and environmental sustainability. So this is what I normally am into. Thank you. And it's really interesting because uh, it's like combination, you know, we're always finding some points of connection. And uh, could you please share, like, what inspired you to start this research? What inspires you in your work? Yeah, essentially, uh, what we, um, this is also part of my PhD thesis and work, uh, work around that. So, uh, essentially, what we find as impact, both positive and negative, um, is what is claimed by businesses and not necessarily that multiple uh, stakeholders who contribute, who involve in the success of that business enterprise or their activity haven't said much about it. So uh, my research actually looks into that, how all different parties, including government, the regulators and so on, suppliers, customers, that we decide what is the value, what is the benefits being created by that business. So therefore, I wanted to contest the idea that there are more than the businesses to claim the benefits of a business venture and activities. So that's uh, what I did actually. <laughs> and then I had uh, I revised the stakeholder theory, which suggests that there are stakeholders around business and working with business. And secondly, um, the global environment where you know the, the rapid industrialization and more recently the technological revolution had made it much more difficult for us to kind of see that relationship closer. It's been much more uh, a situation where uh, is mechanization and other things have you know eroded the value of human connectivity. So therefore, uh, I think it's important that we re-emphasize the relationship between business and society, and that's what uh, the challenge I take. Definitely. That's quite a multi multifaceted um, topic and quite an interesting one. Um, in your opinion, what would you say unites us all as people? So irrespective of nationality, religion, status, affiliations, what is it that we all inherently have in common? Yeah, that's interesting and a big question. I do believe as human beings, we have kindness and love towards other person. We want to help. Uh, and normally we don't ignore if someone is in trouble. I think that's more fundamental to our who we are as a human being. 
Um, and, and similarly, uh, cooperation, I believe as we are discussing now about uh, a cooperation and neutrality at a global level, um, and for example, the United Nations framework and other various multilateral and international um, uh, networks help towards this. Um, and similarly, other thing is that also that our um, dependency and our care for the nature as well. And this is something that we may not always perceive, but again, probably the pandemic has made it more apparent about our vulnerability and the need for care and to be careful. Uh, so this is, I suppose, that we share the same space, same earth to live and to um, to to thrive. So therefore, I believe uh, these are the most common things. And um, yes. Yeah, thank you. And it's it's really, you know, like, uh, as you're saying, it's like we're all humanity and we have one home. So it's coming like everything we need to take care about and to find these common things. And also when you're talking about uh, you're working in different spheres, could you please express your vision of creative society? Society in which every person can live comfortably, prosperously, where everyone feels secure and, you know, really can live fulfilled life. What is creative society for you? Yeah, um, so just for the audience that here we're talking about um, not just the creative uh, conscience within us, but also the wider human flourishing and human potential being achieved uh, in a harmony globally. So therefore within that context, for example, um, I am you know academician at the same time, I'm also an entrepreneur helping organizations to be achieving their goals, uh, predominantly in the environmental uh, and uh, socialist spheres um, and internationally. And, and therefore, I do see uh, the necessity for understanding, empathy, that we do uh, have a shared language that we can show our care for other person who have different perspective to uh, life, to doing and, and those kind of things. So therefore, I believe it's important for uh, for this to uh, be uh, um, this to be embedded in the in our lessons that we have empathy where there's differences, and and similarly we also have um, you know mechanism to work across borders, uh, either because of the government or other international elements and respect for rule, and I believe that you know you may well think that it is also a Western perspective about you know, rules and so on. But I do believe that they help us to be mutually accountable uh, and a framework to work together and help each other. And that may be in the economic and government and, and diplomacy in other areas as well. And, and also that um, as a faith leader, uh, as a Christian, I believe that uh, we... Uh, and part of my work, apart from academician and also uh, in the organizations, uh, you know, I, I, I involve in interfaith dialogue within the university here as well as internationally. And um, so to find that mutual space, and it is not that hard. I have absolutely had a profound and interesting conversation with friends who are Muslims. And I, of course, I'm of a Hindu background. Um, and my grandfather was a priest, by the way. And therefore, uh, there are, uh, and then I talked to my friend, friend in the United States who is Hindu, and we had a chat on this. And then it's not that very hard. 
You know, we, we don't have to bracket them into a philosophical or cultural experiences. They all have rich meaning. And, uh, and I believe it is nice to have that dialogue between those, uh, you know, perception and between the faith uh, groups. And, and I spend a lot of time around this area as well. Um, and I believe which is important for the creative society that we do have mutuality that is for sure that, you know, and our conversations are not, doesn't have to be had. They actually are not my own experience. Um, and I'm always enthused about bringing that dialogue together, bringing people together, and then join, uh, for example, for the males, which is organ organized by some uh, other religious or philosophical or ideological groups. And, uh, and I don't have a concern to them. It's, it, it rather brings people together. So, um, yeah, so that's my thought around the global community, the, you know, our human nature to come together. Yes. I think um, absolutely you, you touch on empathy and that's something that's phenomenal because, you know, we need a safe space to have these dialogues from. And I love that you are so enthusiastic about it um, because I feel that that's the way we can actually drive for a common, you know, for, as you know, as, a, as, as one, you know, united, we can actually drive for some positive change. So um, I applaud you for that. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much, and re it's really wonderful, you know, uh, I just appreciate how we, uh, when you're answering, it's like, you know, this main values, this main basic things, which are like so common to every person, but uh, you're just pointing how important is it for all of us. Uh, thank you so much, and also, uh, when we're talking about creative society, as a result of what people around the world were saying, how do they also see such a society, we have framed the eight foundations, and now we would like to uh, present a short video about these foundations, how they were made. The biggest social polling in our entire history of civilization has been conducted during the last 10 years by people around the world. 180 countries, millions of people of different social statuses, denominations, nationalities, talk about the society in which they want to live in. And this is a creative society. Based on the answers of the people from around the world, eight foundations of creative society were established. A society where all people can live in happiness, peace, and prosperity. This is that very society that our prophets bequeathed to us. All prophets talk about the value of life, freedom, honesty, common human values, equality before God, mutual respect, and unification of people about love for each other. They talked about the common truth and about the world which we can create. The prophet said, there will be a time when we're able to build a creative society. We are honored to live in the time which the prophets talked about. When everyone is chosen, 
Uh, Ravindra, as you know, you read the article about foundations and stages for building the creative society. Could you please share your opinion about them? What you liked about them the most? Yeah, um, I think essentially the, um, the, the human life um, and um, it is critical for us to uh, think about. It is fundamental and it requires seriousness because we're talking about many different advancements in science and technology. Uh, for example, assisted dying, uh, the UK is here to discuss, but some of the countries have legalized that. And there are many other different ways how people perceive things, uh, in a morally right or not right. But however, I personally believe that human life is, uh, you know, um, is, uh, is very valuable, um, and it is sacred, and therefore uh, we should do everything to preserve human life, saving children, uh, you know, young people, and their ability to work, their ability to do, create a positive difference, and to care for the elderly. And then in my whole life, I think the most challenging job I ever had was to uh, care for the elderly. And uh, however, I, sh I should, I often for myself remember that there were profound uh, relationships uh, you know, and there were uh, much more learning to do from that experience, though that was very challenging. It is because that we care for the human life. And then, you know, in, in whatever ways, you know, there cannot be an ideology, there cannot be a religion, there cannot be philosophy that can undermine a human life. It is, this is absolutely essential. And whatever the differences we might have, political, uh, you know, in economic terms or any other kind of differences, but it is absolutely important that every human does understand this with all seriousness that in a human life is sacred. And then the, uh, the modern technologies have made it hard for us to understand what we do or not do. But we still have the fundamental conscience within us that tells us that we are doing something wrong and that we must not do that things. And so therefore, for example, you know, there's huge debate in the United States about you know, the, you know, the unborn child and so on. Uh, but for me personally, I believe that, you know, whether on bone or bone, uh, you know, human uh, life is uh, really sacred. Uh, that's my thought. Absolutely. You, yeah, that's beautifully expressed and eloquently expressed in terms of, you know, kind of that value of human life. Um, and again, I, I say, you know, I express the same. Um, human life is incredibly valuable. Um, and, you know, talking about the obviously talking about the first foundation here, um, how do you see the business model when human human life, the value of human life is at the centre? How does that impact on business? Yeah, thanks for this question. Um, I mean, uh, well, this is really, um, I may be too passionate, but I do believe that, as I said earlier about my research area, it is because in the UK um, in last five or six years, we have what is called the modern uh, slavery act. Uh, however, it tries to address where there is a modern slavery, which is in a new form as compared to a more traditional or historic slavery. However, the modern day organizations look like slavery. I mean, where the managerialism has, uh, you know, uh, made the human beings to be controlled, uh, instead of, for example, vocations and people's, you know, inherent ability to excel in certain things. I know that there are not many choices uh, on job market and so on, 
but however the work conditions are and the business policies and the way that the businesses are we were talking about the rules earlier that there are there should be i believe a similar play field so therefore you know we can work with the rules for example employment and other kinds of rules trade and so on and for, and as you know that uh, mostly since the industrialization that we see you know mass production and then a lack of connection to food system which we eat every day and wastes and so on and the technological uh, advancement has benefited surely historically and most recently digital technologies however but again the question comes about you know uh, our our ethical approach towards you know what's going to benefit the human race and what's not going to benefit for example the digital technologies are also uh, have impact on mental health mainly on uh, particularly on young people and then these will all come from businesses they have the ability to do the right things uh, they have ability to uh, offer what is probably good for the human being and then then all, and again they are not kind of uh, uh, and um, you know there are human beings behind those businesses so therefore i think there's real wisdom necessary to see the foresight about what's happening because we see these rapid changes happening in this uh, you know industrializations and other um, you know economic and technological advancements so therefore uh, for example there are different rules from united nations and you know trade and other kinds of things uh, and and therefore i believe that you know the businesses should be able to foresee you know the, the events before they would launch their products and the secondly um our uh, you know uh, unless we care for a human being and i was relating the modern uh, you know slavery act to the ordinary work so therefore you know the human respect dignity is always there in a work environment or anywhere else and then also the sustainability of the business which is my research area is something that our our business models or the economics or the theory behind is that more you consume more you'll be happy this doesn't happen and we all know that we're wasting a lot of things and therefore in a more recent concept like the circular economy and how do we actually not waste that much we don't have to and therefore the businesses are in that position are, do have that capability for example you saw in this pandemic that how much resilient the businesses are to adopt new way of doing business keeping safe and so on so it it is quite possible for businesses to be more sustainable in their operations and how they deal with the stakeholders the staffs and all the suppliers and be I, 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 able to see the human face you know around whatever they operate um and i, I believe this sensitiveness towards um you know multiple people that who make the business happen i think will be useful and uh, i believe in a more and more the business are conscious of this because of the climate change and the damage it has done um but i do believe there is still more fundamental change to happen moving away from that eat more or have more and you will be happy to you rather care more and that will make you happy we cannot be much so much self-centered i suppose you know we we have the absolute uh, responsibility for to care for the another human being uh, who are with us in the planet and this very planet that where we live so 
Uh, and the businesses touch these lives every day and they have that responsibility. Yeah. No, definitely. I agree with that. Like, um, we do. We all have uh, a responsibility individually, um, let alone kind of on a corporation level. Um, no, I totally agree. In our society, obviously, we live by rules. And in fact, um, the majority of these rules we agree upon, which obviously drives society. But sometimes it looks as if, um, you know, when you're comfortable, you stay within your comfort zone. So, and, and you know, we, do, I, you know, we don't see that this has future perspectives. Um, you know, it, it limits us in some ways when we remain within our comfort zones. Um, and talking about the Creative Society, um, the format where, our, you know, is that the format where our most courageous dreams can become a reality, do you think? In your opinion, what is the main shift, you know, the catalyst we need um, so that we can point towards this positive change where each human being is, is, is sacred, each human life is sacred? Yeah, thanks for this question. Um, um, I believe it, it partly connects to what I was saying earlier, that um, the rules can help us uh, to uh, work in a mutual environment where there's respect between you know, countries and societies and within a society. However, generally, I personally would say that this world is unjust. And part of the injustice is because, I suppose, rules uh, and laws as well. I mean, they were not, you know, the laws are for the human beings and not the opposite. Right. So therefore, uh, you know, we make rules in order that we care for someone else. And then we have the responsibility within that. But however, there, there can be injustice. And, and there, there can be wrongdoing out of that as well. And part of my research is also the wrongdoing in the corporate world. And as you may know, uh, even in the advanced economies like the United States or the UK, many companies have large-scale wrongdoing and harm to uh, you know, people, uh, to the public. So coming to the point of that where, as I said, uh, you know, the shift in our economic model and the shift in our uh, the social system, in a, in a coming from uh, in a, a kind of rules and those kind of things is necessary. These are the changes that are happening. But also that, as you said, that the people should be able to dream big. And I believe there is an, in, there is an you know, inherent um, chance of being complacent, I would say, in the Western world, where the economy, infrastructure, and generally the uh, the human life is okay and safe. However, I think there's well, you know, more to do within that one. For example, right now we're talking about the vaccinations, where I believe that mostly the Western world has done, you know, most of it or is better off, and that to be shared with other developing countries who cannot afford and is difficult. So, so therefore, I believe that you know, dreaming big and and for the humanity to come together is essential. And Hanan, as you rightly say, that for the sake of the, uh, you know, the human soul and for the sacredness of the human life, that we should do that. What is within us, we should do that. And then for this, my own personal take is this. The Queen of England, some years ago, during a Christmas message, said that you cannot wipe out injustice. You cannot in a day fathom all the things that, are, that have problems are unjust. But you can do little steps. And she was talking, referring to different charities she visited through the year. 
Uh, and therefore, we can make small steps. And every day, how little they might be, how seemingly you know, um, unknown that may be. But we do have that capability. And as far as we invest into it, and I believe that gives us a true contentment to be a human being. Um, and, and that's what, that's what I uh, would want to do and attempt to do. I love that. Honestly, that's, that's, a, that's a really powerful message that, you know, in, in the small steps that we take, we can make a positive change. Little impact is some impact. So I, I sincerely appreciate you expressing that. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, it's really, you know, like uh, nowadays sometimes coming this question about the rules, right? Which rules should be there? Which rules shouldn't be there? How to find this proper balance between give freedom of every person, right? And still like managing something. And while listening to you came understanding that the rules should be about those main basic values, you know, like when it's becoming from one side, it's a rule in the society, but from another side, it's that inner um, inner base on which every person is living about this human values, about valuing of human life, which should be simply obvious for every person and in society as a whole. So thank you so much for sharing. And I would like also to say today we're talking so much about communication, about dialogue and finding, you know, these common things among all people. I would like to say about conference, uh, create a society was the prophets dreamed of. And this conference, which was on March 20th, it was really an example when people from different countries, different religions, they gather together to find out so what is that one truth, because truth is one for all. So what is there common for all of us? What unites all of us? And when we find out it, it's coming that we really can build world without wars, without conflicts, and when human and human life is the highest value. So let's watch a short video about that conference, and then we will discuss a little more. Millions of people from all over the world have gathered together today to speak openly about what the prophets dreamed of. We are living in time of great change as the ancestors has prophesied about this time that the world will be going through a mass spiritual awakening. Because the existence of humanity itself is now under threat and will depend on if it can make the right choice. To prove to God, to Jesus and to our prophets that we are worthy of the title of a human that we all, the people of planet Earth, are chosen. And what's happening today, right now, is really a sign. All the prophets, great teachers who came, created a mini-model of the creative society. And um, its goal to just get out of this tent, dead-end consumerism and move towards more of humane kind of society by strengthening the society. We are more than 99% all united in one God, in one love. Our prophet's dream come true. It is our responsibility to decide. Will we forget about this event tomorrow and about the truth that we're speaking now? Will we forget the responsibility to our family and friends and leave things as they are? Will we sit and watch our world being destroyed? Or we will do everything possible and impossible to preserve life, the life of everyone without exception. God is one. 
whether you are traditional, whether you are spiritual, whether you are a Christian, whether you are a Muslim, whether you are a Buddhist, whether you are a Baha'i, whatever you are, however you believe it. Today, we are all the witnesses of purification. When people from all over the world have gathered the people of different religions and come together and talk about one truth. This is the time we have to take this opportunity. This is the time we have to be together. Let's build this creative society. Let's be united because, yes, together we can. Yes, together we can. I, I really love this quote. And I just would like to ask you, you have already uh, said a little about what person, every person can do, right? To start from some small steps and so on. And uh, Kim's situation, how important is it, you know, to be honest with yourself, to have this, to find this truth and really to bring it to everyone and to be united by it? Yeah, um, I think it is... Um very interesting about the concept of unity and surely that the unity uh, means many things but universally unity is a good thing uh, and unity brings all kind of good things think about a football team if they are united and um, they're likely that there's likelihood of winning if they are not united this is going to be a problem and if you're playing you'll know the strain about having uh, another player similarly in an organization or society. And I do believe that as we're talking and uh, Hannah emphasized about the empathy idea that we will have differences. I mean, I'm not saying that we should promote differences, but there will be different perspective and people of different walk of life and geographical and regional and cultural and other experiences. So therefore, uh, you know, realistically, we will face those challenges. I believe that, you know, um, we do have that, uh, what we can be, uh, you know, empathetic to uh, the other's world. And be gracious. It doesn't cost us. You know, yeah. We can be generous. Um, and, I, I, and so, therefore, once we have that open-handedness and, uh, and open arms, I believe it's not that hard. To, to, to see the other's perception and to work with them. And this may be purely social, cultural aspects. This may be, you know, uh, business and trade. And this may be other international diplomatic and social movements like um, the creative society. And, and I believe it is important for, uh, you know, generally for the global world to come together in different things. For example, the pandemic has almost forced uh, and the UK Prime Minister has said that, you know, that we've got to create a framework globally that how do we deal with it yeah, at, at the earliest possible thing. So we're talking not just about ideological uh, stuff, but, but, but what is it right now needed. And uh, at the meantime, knowing that people will have different perspective and thoughts about, you know, different issues, for example, as I said about the human life and assisted dying and those kind of stuff. So therefore... Um, you know, it is likely we'll face those differences, but again, you know, there is, as Anna, you said, we, um, we have a, 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 a dialogue, a communication to make, and, and, and I think we are able to. Um, and, and, and as far as we, 
we express that grace to some other person and receive it. Uh, and I think we make a good dialogue. Absolutely. I think you made a crucial point about empathy and also listening, because I think through everybody's experience, it's valid. Um, and through empathizing and actually trying to understand people, you know, people's perspectives on a, on a, on a, on a global scale, um, then we can start to implement the right changes that, that kind of that everybody can benefit from. And, you know, you inspire a lot of hope. Um, and I, you know, it was, it's amazing hearing you speak. Um, kind of, I think speaking from the heart um, makes a massive difference. And, um, you know, we're testing this theory of six handshakes because we're all connected somehow. Um, so who would you um, invite for our next conversation um, to hear their vision um, of an ideal creative society would be? Um, I believe um, I recently came to know, though I lived in that region, uh, so he's a politician in Wales, a member of the parliament, um, and he's uh, called Mike Antonio. He's of Ukrainian origin, living in Wales, and he has um, uh, quite an international uh, you know, family upbringing, as well as his, his work. Um, so therefore, I believe it would be nice to have him. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Thank you so much. Uh, I'm really, uh, yeah, sorry. I'm really grateful for this conversation because, you know, um, it's even, it's like in simple words, but it's so deep and it's so important. And thank you so much for everything you discussed today about these values, about human life. Thank you so much for sharing your experience. Thank you so much. Thank you both. Yes. And I would like to uh, remind our viewers that everyone, Creative Society, it's the project for whole humanity. And it's that goal which can unite all of us, and then it will be a really big, powerful thing. So if you want to support or join the project and become an, become an active participant, visit the website allatreenites.com, where you can find Join Us button, choose comfortable language, and fill in a short form. It's just a small step which everyone can do, and together we can find out so how to build a world that really humanity deserves. Thank you once more. Thank you all for being with us today. And I'm very happy to invite everyone to the upcoming conference, which will be on coming Saturday, 22nd of May. Um, the name of the conference, Life After Death, Fiction and Facts. This is that question which concerns, in fact, every person. And to value life, we need to understand so what it's all about. And to build society, where really there is no manipulation on fundamental knowledge, as we have technology, science. So let's all together unite and find where is that truth. So thank you once more for being with us today and hope to see you for another conversations. Thank you. There is a question that every person ask themselves. We address science and religion to find the answer to it. Already, for 6,000 years, we have been trying to find out. Is there life after death? 
For the first time in history, scientists, physicians, clergymen, and eyewitnesses will seek the answer all together. Does reincarnation exist? Fear of death, what is its nature? How do we, alive people, know what death is? Who benefits from hiding facts about a person's after-death fate? Human consciousness is outside the body. The prophets knew the truth about the afterlife fate of humans. What does science say? Is the state of heaven and hell explained by physics? What are we here for? Answers to the most important questions for every person. May 22nd, 2021, International Online Conference. Life After Death, Fiction and Facts.